Out Alive is made possible by Outside Plus subscribers. iOS users can now explore content from more than 30 publications in the Outside Plus app. Browse gear reviews, training plans, travel guides, videos, and the survival stories you love. Download the Outside Plus app now from the App Store and use your Outside Plus login to get started. Outside Plus, the one subscription to fuel all your adventures. The items you carry on your hiking trip can make all the difference if you find yourself in a survival situation. And when it comes to packing for the trail, everyone has a different opinion. But what's even more important than what you put in your pack is the knowledge and foresight about the conditions you might encounter. Achieving an advanced level of preparedness means not relying on packing lists for your adventure, but having a comprehensive understanding of the environment itself. If you struggle with deciding what to pack for adventures, today's episode is for you. We spoke with survival expert Jessie Krebs about the framework she uses to prepare for backcountry excursions. And Jessie is a former survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, or STEER, instructor for the U.S. Air Force. And she now runs her own wilderness survival school. You might remember Jessie from our previous episode about signal fires. I'm originally from Michigan, and at 18, I joined the military and ended up becoming a SEER instructor. So I used to teach our military members what to do if they especially came down behind enemy lines and how to get back home safely. At the time that I went through SEER, we were also, however, doing non-combat training as well. So we would start with non-combat and then change it over to tactical situations. So I feel grateful that I had a lot of training also in in more civilian sort of based scenarios. At SEER training, the main thing we worked with was the five basic needs. And this is a way to look at what the environment is going to be and prepare yourself for that particular environment. So when people ask, what should I take? It really depends on where you're going and doing a little research to figure out exactly what you're going to be facing. And I always model everything off of those five basic needs. The five basic needs don't cover everything you want on your backpacking trip, but they do give you a framework to think about what might save your life if things don't go to plan. The five basic needs are signaling, personal protection, sustenance, navigation, and health. So when I'm about to take off for a trip or teaching clients to do this, I'll say run through the five basic needs and look at that environment and see what you're going to need in that environment to meet those five basic needs. The first and the most important, number one and done, is signaling. If you signal properly and quickly and well, you're done. You're out of the situation. You didn't have to find water. You didn't have to make a shelter. You didn't have to do anything else. I'm going to look at my signaling and say, okay, what can I take for this particular environment that's going to help me with signaling? And signaling starts before you even leave. I'm also going to tell two people where I'm planning on going, what my route is, what equipment I'm taking, all that kind of thing. When they should call 911 or the local sheriff's department to set out a search for me if I don't come back. According to Jesse, there are three primary methods of signaling electronic, pyrotechnic, and ground air signals. Electronic signals like a text for help sent from your cell phone or an SOS from your satellite device can easily make the difference between life or death in a survival scenario. 
and actually a commitment to buy a Garmin inReach or a Spot device is one of the most common lessons that people tell us they've learned after sharing their story on the show. There's so many different electronics that we have now and sometimes they don't work in your area or you lose it or you break it or the battery dies, right? When calling for help electronically isn't an option, flares or signal fires can be an effective yet tricky option. Check out our signal fire episode if you want to learn more about how to responsibly set a signal fire. Jesse gave some really great tips in that episode as well. The third type is ground air signals. And these are things like um, a signal blanket, like a, a mylar or a space blanket and laying that on the ground or a signal mirror, which you can flash and can be seen for many, many, many miles or laying out either a V or an X on the ground, 30 feet long if you can make it, right? Something very large. So those are three primary types of signaling, pyrotechnic, electronic, and ground air. The second of your basic needs, and I I say number two, take care of you, is personal protection. And this really is thermal regulation. The first thing we use as a defense against if it's getting too hot or too cold is our clothes and any equipment we have with us. So this could be um, a sleeping bag. What do I have with my clothing and equipment? What am I going to wear? Is it going to be good for the environment? What extra clothing can I take? Maybe um, just putting a garbage bag and maybe a good larger than normal rain gear uh, with me that I can fill up with other things in the environment to make it into an insulated puffy if I need to, but then I'm not really taking that much. Shelter also fits underneath that category and the garbage bag, I can use that also for shelter and I can pack that and I can pack it full of debris and climb into it almost like a waterproof sleeping bag. So what can you use for shelter if you end up trapped or injured or something happens, right? And then lastly, fire. What do you have to make fire with? Both ignition methods and a tinder of some kind. So that's number two, take care of you. Number three is go pee. This is sustenance. So that focuses mostly on water. Food is very not important. (laughs) We are really good at fasting and people unfortunately somehow have the concept that we can only go a few days. We can go usually about 30 days without food pretty easily unless you have some sort of medical condition. But water is extremely important and just a small deduction in our optimal water levels can really start to impair our judgment and our thinking. Am I taking enough water? Are there water places that I can refill along the way? What are my alternates if those water sources are dry? Sometimes we get to wild water sources and there's actually nothing there. There's so many ways we can find water. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't know them. So water, what do I have to disinfect it if I need to? And do I know some basic water principles? Number four, explore. This is navigation. So this is how not to get lost. So map and compass skills, also scouting techniques. Do I have a paper map? And you should be able to go online now. There's lots of free apps where you can literally download a colored version of a topographical map and have that with you. Do I at least have a little button compass, right? Literally the size of a button that can tell me which way is which. That would be so useful. And that way if I end up in trouble, hey, I know which way I'm going. It's also how to move safely through different terrains. So if for some reason I need to get off a trail or sometimes even on some pretty extreme trails, knowing how to move safely and how to create things around you that can help you move more safely as well, like walking sticks and improvising snowshoes and things along those lines. 
And then five is stay alive. This is health. What's mental and emotional health, making sure that I'm I'm calming down, that I'm thinking rationally. And that really means stopping. Most of the time when we travel, that's when we're using up a lot more calories, using up our precious calories and food. We're also using up a lot of water and we're way, way, way more likely to get injured. Stop and Relax. That's the first part of health. That if we start to feel nervous and anxious, stop moving. Second part of health would be anything hygiene related. And last is all the first aid stuff. What are the most common health issues that happen in this particular area? What are the injuries? And do you have any critical meds? Make sure you take at least enough meds for twice your estimated length of stay. So if again, if I'm just planning on being there one day, take enough meds for at least two. Most survival situations are resolved within three days. So those are our five basic needs. Um, Signaling, personal protection, which is clothing and equipment, shelter and fire. Um, Sustenance, which is water and food. Uh, Navigation is number four. And five is stay alive. So when you ask, what do we take on a trip? We're going to look at the environment. Then I can plan what I take with me accordingly. And am I going on, quote unquote, just a day hike? According to Jesse, day hikes are the most dangerous trips because we tend to carry the least amount of gear. Thinking about the five basic needs, even when packing for a shorter hike, can save you if you end up being out longer than you planned. There doesn't have to be much in my kit. I just need to know how to use it. So that's a quick example of how I would go through the five basic needs to decide what I want to take with me on a particular expedition or day hike or whatever it is. This survival short from Out Alive was written and produced by Zoe Gates and me, Luisa Albanese. Scoring and sound design was by Jason Patton. Thanks to our survival expert, Jesse Krebs, for being a wealth of knowledge and offering your time to us. You can learn more about Jesse and her survival school at owlsskills.com. Thank you for listening to Out Alive. We will be back in two weeks with another survival story. Thank you.